Natalie. Tara. Uh, have you been doing any traveling for summer vacation or spring break? It's kind of in the middle of both of those, I guess. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Very, very little. I haven't done a ton of traveling yet, but we've been finding ways to like sneak away for long weekends here and there. We actually just got back from a very pleasant long weekend up in the mountains. Got a cute little riverside cabin, little hot tub action, and just like enjoyed the peace and quiet. Yeah, I also have made a recent escape from the city to the mountains, and it was a very much needed escape. Definitely. And it's an easy drive. It's just, what, like a couple hours straight north, and you're in this like picturesque setting, right? Yeah. When you... Well, and I guess another part of going to the mountains is kind of, I really enjoy country drives, mm-hmm. avoiding the interstate altogether if possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of hard to do that in Atlanta because it's just chaos all around. <laughs> but once yeah. you break out of that, it is quite a pleasant drive. And then just putting on some tunes. Yeah, that's the best part about it easy. the road trip part for me is like catching up on all my podcasts, catching up on all my albums that I haven't heard yet need to listen to a lot of new stuff coming out so definitely listen to a lot of new music yeah same sometimes I like to listen to old stuff that I've never heard before um that I want to explore especially if I'm you know with my partner or a friend you know in the car hey let's check out this this new album together and talk about it you know What do you think about this new Harry Styles record? (laughs) I have not heard that one, actually. I respect, no, I I respect Harry Styles. I see that he's like doing his artistic thing and I get it, but I haven't really taken the time to like dive in. Am I missing out? Yeah, I feel like, I, I guess it depends on your personal tastes, but I really do think that Harry, he's kind of the real deal. I a lot of his music is very catchy. He takes inspiration from a lot of people that I also really love. His last album had a song that it was directly influenced by Joni Mitchell, and you could hear it so clearly. Also, there's a, a live video of him covering Peter Gabriel, and I, I like as soon as I saw that video, it kind of changed things for me. I just like to see when young artists take it back to the roots. And I don't know, put some thought into their craft and it's yeah. evident that they're putting thought. I don't know. I, I like that. And it kind of makes me also think about where their sound comes from and um, what inspires them. Is he this generation's David Bowie? I saw that online oh, somewhere. Wow. Right? <laughs> That's hmm. quite a declaration. I can see parts of that. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I could see parts of that. Um, hmm. Maybe in just the way he tries to, maybe in the way that he's sometimes fluid. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, David Bowie kind of was very androgynous. I see that some in s- some ways in Harry Styles, but creatively, I look at him more as like maybe the next Michael Hutchins. Oh, okay. From NXS. Right, right. 
Okay, more, that's cool. More of a, yeah, like more of a pop sensibility. So if you were going to convert me to the cult of Harry Styles, what would be like the <laughs> one song I should listen to? Uh, for me, it was Adore You. Actually, I would just go straight for the Peter Gabriel cover first because that was what converted me. Okay. So I don't know if you're like me, maybe that's it. But I know you really like Joni Mitchell, so maybe you check out the song Canyon Moon. Okay. Or Adore You, I think is a really great one. Those would probably be my, my recommendations. Okay, cool. I will listen. I will report back and let you know if I've been changed. Yeah. Please let me know. It won't be hard because like I said, I still think he's, he's really cool and everything I've seen of him has, has been, I'm on board with it. It's just the music yeah. itself I haven't really experienced yet. So I'll try it out. Yeah. Well, so this first or this most recent album, I hadn't really latched onto it yet. I mean, that as it was single. As it was, as it was, it's not the same. was really catchy and I was definitely latched onto that song. But, uh, and the album is called Harry's House. And he says that he was inspired by Harumi Hosono, um, who had an album in the 70s called Hosono House. Mm -hmm. So when he said that, I was like, wow, he was inspired by Harumi Hosono. That's, that's really cool. That's a legit influence. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Harry Styles. Yeah. And then like one of the only albums I had by Harumi Hosono is this crazy kind of droney, weird experimental one called Cochin Moon. Um, mm. And so it made me want to dig into Hosono House a little more. Sweet. So it is about that time again where we talk about our albums of the month. And I think I'm going to tackle Harumi Hosono's Hosono House. Awesome. Let's do it. So this album, Hosono House, by Harumi Hosono is his debut album. Harumi Hosono is one of the most influential musicians in Japanese pop music. And he was in the influential band Yellow Magic Orchestra with Raichi Sakamoto and y Yukihiro Takahashi, which we've talked about when we were talking about the influences of Daft Punk because they were one of the first sort of um, electronic music groups that influenced Kraftwerk, Daft Punk, their pioneers um, in their use of synthesizers and samplers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was born and raised in central Tokyo. He was obsessed with American pop music. He, with this um, album, he wanted to emulate the band, James Taylor. He really liked Paul McCartney. But before this album, he was a member of this band called April Fool in 1969. <laughs> which was more kind of like psychedelic and uh, maybe leaned more towards bands like Moby Grape. And then the next group he was in was called Happy End, which was more of a blend of like West Coast sound and Japanese lyrics. Then they broke up in 1973 and Harumi did this more American style album called Hosono House. So he was recording in this house 
And the house is actually one of several American-style houses that was originally built for troops that were stationed in a nearby airbase. And it kind of became like this this area came became a hub for kind of the creative types, which I, I don't know. I'm thinking of like the big pink house in New York where everyone was recording, Bob Dylan, you know, a bunch of folks. And uh, and this interests me because then you you hear this this album, which has a lot of it's got some New Orleans style funk. It's got that Americana '70s classic rock sound, um, but more on the softer side. And it's even got some sort of boogie influences. So it's really interesting how he's made this album in this house with these sounds that are very inspired by American artists. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know there was an actual house piece to this project. That's really neat. Yeah. And apparently the recording equipment technology was evolving in such a way that being able to record in a house in this domestic situation was now good enough to, or had improved so much that it was actually good enough quality to record on and then release the mm. art that you've created from those home recordings. So he he spent his afternoons in this house with the 16-track mixing console in the living room, and he recorded all the instruments, and they were unprocessed, and that really played into the sound of, of this album. Yeah, that's cool. And I think you can, you can kind of hear that or feel that. Yeah, it has this warm sound yeah. to it. He's like a pioneer in so many ways, even in his like recording style and strategies. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's get into some of these tracks one by one. So one that I like to call out is the first track, and it's called Rockabye, My Baby. It's very acoustic-y, kind of light, lighter on the soft rock side. Mm-hmm. For me, it reminded me of almost like a soft shoe tap dance routine song. Care <laughs> uh, to demonstrate? Guitar, but in the <laughs> right in the realm of like Burt Bacharach, raindrops keep falling on my head. Very light and yeah. airy. Totally, I can hear that. <laughs> then, in Boko Wachato, which is the second track. It's very soft rock again, but this time in the realm of jazzercise. Like the early jazzercise, you put the record on, you do the exercises that are inside of the leaflet from the vinyl uh, sleeve. <laughs> Think Ricky Don't Lose That Number, Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to see a musical related to all of these <laughs> references that I'm making. And you get a little bit funkier as you go through the album. Chuchu Gata Goto is funkier. The next one, Awaru no Kizetsu. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these words. But yeah, they're both, these two are funkier. That next one, the Awaru, the fourth track, is more boogie inspired. And I heard an interview with him. He was really shocked. I think it was one of his first tours in America. I don't know if it was ever just in a really, really, really long time. And he was surprised that so many people were there. And uh, I think 
he was limited in the set that he could play, so he was leaning more towards those boogie-inspired sounds that he made. And he was so surprised that everyone really liked it. Oh, that's sweet. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good for him. you're, You're a legend. Right. And it is cool for you to be able to introduce the music that you love, which is boogie, and people are, of course, going to appreciate it. Oh, good for him. Choo Choo Got To Go To is my favorite on this album. Really? That's like the yeah. real, the earworm. That's the one that like gets stuck in my head and I'm kind of like singing it throughout the day, you know? It's very yeah. catchy. Yeah. We get to track five, Fu You Go. It's very, to me, it reminded me of a of maybe um, like New Orleans. Like it had a lot of New Orleans percussion elements. You know what this song reminds me of? And I really like this track as well. It kind of feels like the theme song to a 70s sitcom. Yes. <laughs> like like a Welcome Back Cotter kind of vibe, you know? It's just happy yeah. and like Welcome something cool's back. about to start. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I got that feeling Come a few and times on, on my this. Door. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Laverne and Shirley, also that theme song for the win. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite tracks on this album is track seven. Fukuwa Uchioni Wasoto. It has a funky as hell bass part, it's got these organ breakdowns. Yeah, I, I I really think this was my favorite track. I love on this whole album how there's a lot of organ parts and really phenomenal bass lines, swinging drum beats. It's just a really lovely album. It's it, it's a feel good album, I would say. Yeah, that Fukuwa Uchi song. I almost got like some island vibes from it. It's something yeah. like tropical about it, which is fun because I think you you can hear that where he's headed with his next music projects, he does a a bit more of that tropical Mm -hmm. feel on his later records. So that's cool that you zoomed in on that. And then, yeah, of course, after he does that more tropical electronic thing, he gets into Yellow Magic Orchestra with Ryuichi Sakamoto and their debut album was 1978. So it's kind of a nice progression to see you start with your country and American influences when you're a child and a teenager. Then you go and you do your psychedelic music with uh, the first band, April Fool. Then you move into the um, more of that 70s rock vibe into this American, then tropical, then electronic. And yeah, you've kind of, like what you said, influencing across so many genres. Yeah, there's a quote. I was reading a, a review of this album in Pitchfork, and there's a quote from Harumi Hosono that says, talks about how he created this idea of sightseeing music. Oh, yeah. And he says, it's a mode of making and listening that asks both creators and consumers to think of themselves as musical tourists, soaking up the sights and sounds of foreign cultures with an open mind and documenting them through personal translations. And I thought that was like a perfectly succinct way of describing, you know, what he's accomplished with this album. Yeah. You know? That's that's a really cool quote. Because what I love about this album is like how effortlessly the vibe comes across. Like he's not trying to approximate some Western sound. This album is a legit slice of Americana. 
you know? Right. Yeah. And it's just really, really good proof of how music can be this borderless language that we all just get. It's true. That's a really good way of putting it. Of course, his career is so phenomenal and he's influenced so many people and so many genres of music, but the range of people that he has inspired alone is really interesting. Like Van Dyke Parks, the one of the California weirdos, to even Mac DeMarco. It's so dark, ain't about to forget. I'm not familiar with Mac DeMarco. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, you should check him out. Let me ask you, have you listened to Hochono House? No, I haven't. So apparently in 2019, a mostly electronic remake of this album was released to celebrate Hosono's house 50th anniversary. So there's like a full electronic version of this album out there. That he made, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I did read something about how the recording experience was totally different and they were unable to fully capture that same vibe, even though it wasn't necessarily to be the same exactly, but it, it sounded like it, it just, I don't know if I remember him saying that it was, a, it was more difficult to record. I think this it's just a cool way to like celebrate an anniversary though. I mean, who knows if it retains the same magic of the original, maybe, maybe not, but it's still neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just to tie it all back to Harry, he said, as I started making the album, I realized Home wasn't about geographical location, more of this, what you were kind of mentioning. He said it was much more of an internal thing. It felt like it took on a whole new meaning and it was about like, imagine it's a day in my house. What do I go through? A day in my mind, what do I go through? I'm in my house and playing fun music, sad music, I'm playing this and playing that. It's a day in the life. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he kind of captured in that quote, what I imagine it was like recording Host in a House. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Harry Styles album is called Harry's House. And Harumi is also a Harry. <laughs> Does Harry Styles mention the title being a direct reference to this album? I mean, I think it is. He doesn't directly say that. Well, yeah, he does. He says Harry's house was named after Harumi Hosono, who had an album in the 70s called Hosono House. So yeah. Right on. Well, good for him. Yeah. Something cool that I stumbled across while learning more about him is that he was the grandson of a Titanic survivor. And that Titanic survivor was the only Japanese passenger on board. Right. I read that too. Isn't that crazy? His grandmother was the only Japanese passenger and survivor of the sinking Titanic. Yeah, that's wild. And again, why does that remind me of the Felakuti story where his his mother, grandmother was the first woman driver? Woman to drive, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, These kind of just wild, random factoids. Mm -hmm. Also, he had the most rocking, snazziest mustaches I've ever seen back in the day. Oh, yeah. The mustache itself deserves a shout out. Well, we're talking about houses (laughs) and the idea of home and attaching it to our creativity. Did you grow up in a a creative household? Not really, no. I was creative, but I wouldn't say that my family was. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I grew up with one brother in my household. I have three brothers, but the one that I grew up with wasn't a creative either. Oh, really? No. Interesting. Well, 
I'm saying that because my album of the month is a pair of siblings called Frost Children. And I wanted to recommend their new album released this year called Spiral. So two siblings, Lulu and Angel, they're siblings based in Brooklyn. And their origin story (laughs) begins right before the pandemic. All of this happened very quickly for these two. (laughs) Um, Basically, they released a cover of Fall Out Boy's Christmas song, Yule, Shoot Your Eye Out. And I emphasize Yule because it's Y-U-L-E. And then they (laughs) uploaded it on Christmas Day. And that's kind of the start of this Frost Children adventure. So basically, they were living in separate cities, doing completely separate musical things at the time. But during COVID, while being quarantined together in their childhood home in St. Louis, Missouri, they started collaborating for fun. And to quote Lulu, and I love this so much, Lulu says, there was legit nothing else to do. Like, what a great, what a great catalyst for like a really high speed, very successful career that they've, they've built in, you know, two years or less. So in 2020, they released their first album called Aviation Creates Adventurous Beginnings. And there's seven tracks on that. I think it's just seven tracks. Yeah. On this album, the entire thing. It's a good time. uh, But just as a taste, I would like to highlight the track called Insane, Dead Scots and Gullivers. I love that. All right. So then in 2021, they released their next album called Elixir Rejection. And... Let's hear a single from that album. This one is called Blink. Yeah, so between the two albums, I I actually prefer the first album. It's just, it's much more chaotic and techno-y, you know, (laughs) which is totally my vibe. Whereas I think the sophomore album got more pop. Yeah. But I kind of like the insanity of the first one a little bit more. But I think in this third release, Spiral, that I'm recommending today, they find like a really good balance for all this, all the eclectic inspirations and references and their sound. And they they just kind of push the experimentation even further. You know, they talk about gaining a lot of confidence. And I think you can hear that in a lot of the production. It's wild because I would say that this is totally not my bag, but it's really astounding how they blend so many elements together. They do a lot. <laughs> it's it's quite a ride. And you're right. It's not it's not for everyone, but I think people who are in in this like general wheelhouse, there's kind of something for everyone. If you're more right. into punk, if you're more into like super uh glitch pop, if you're into techno, industrial, there's there's something of that ilk in this album. Yeah, I I can see a similarity in Frost Children and Atari Teenage Riot, which I know was a band that had an impact on you that you really love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, especially thinking of through like that subgenre of '90s hardcore, digital, electronic punk blend, mm-hmm. I can really see where they are kind of, maybe they're influenced by that same 90s subgenre, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I could hear that. I could hear a little ATR, maybe minus the rage, because they're totally just having a good time and just being free and whatever. I can hear, it's very 90s, you're right. It's giving me like early prodigy vibes, especially their music videos, which are super DIY, just all over the place. They're just fucking around and having a good time. I haven't seen any of the music videos, I'll have to do it. 
Yeah, they're really, really fun. I hear some pop will eat itself at times. I hear some Sophie in there. Oh, yeah. Particularly, yeah, the track I like it made me think of Sophie immediately. The one I I even made a note, uh, the track Laughing and Laughing Laughing is called. Oh, yeah. That's one of my faves. Yeah, I called it more of a prog rock electronic mashup with fake laughing as the basis of vocal sounds and some Sophie-inspired samples and mm. inserted throughout. So that's interesting because what here's what I heard. Laughing, laughing, it's like borderline funky. You know, it's almost there and it makes Ooh. me want to listen to Knower, right? So it's like it's entering that same synthy dance funk groove space. So if I'd want yeah. to push it, push it all the way, I would probably just shift to some Knower records <laughs> at that point. Oh, I feel like this song had more of a techno vibe and I dug this techno vibe more than like, say, track two, Get What We Want, that sort of hyper pop thing. That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, like the loudest, most like yeah. grating one is going to, and the fastest one is going to be my favorite. That's the one that got me hooked <laughs> on Frost Children in the first place. That's yeah. hilarious. So that, yeah, that one's actually the single. I don't want friends in the hell they don't listen. I don't want money. The Lord is so funny. And I stink and love it. I mean, it kind of like goes back and forth. It's got like this really hyper fast, intense part. And then it kind of has a more chill pop part. But that fast part, mm-hmm. that's that's all me all day. <laughs> yeah. One thing they say about the scream screaming stuff is they said, we always talk about how screaming is not always an angry or punk thing for us. We just like to scream. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> right on. And that, re- that reminded me of... Something Kim Gordon said once about noise and how playing noise is probably more fun than listening to noise. And I, I kind of wonder if that that's true. If that's like screaming hyperpop stuff is like that. Probably, probably more fun true. to make and hear live than to like stream on Spotify or something. Yeah, maybe I'm just a weirdo because I kind of I get like this weird sick pleasure when artists are clearly messing with you and it's like they're trying to irritate you by being like way too loud or like, you know, just big droning, you know, just, just, it's like they're going out of their way to upset you. That excites me for some reason. I don't know. So I'm all about the screaming and the speed. Yeah. Let's see what else. Harp and Pony is really cute. I like that. It's a good dancey dance time vibes it's a pretty good breather after get what we want you know they kind of like chill out a bit and give you like a good straight up pop dance tune uh make the floor died is a little more industrial make the floor die make the floor go die make the I really like the beat that drops in that track about halfway through when they get past the super industrial part at the beginning Another cool track is Mayfly because this one features Gary Wilson. Yes, when I read that, when I found out he was featured on that track, I was like, excuse me, what? That is (laughs) so random. Right? 
Well, you know, Lulu and Angel cite Gary Wilson as one of their biggest inspirations, and they knew that he was the only feature they wanted on the album even before they wrote the song, which makes it even more amazing because his part fits so perfectly into Mayfly, I think. Yeah. I saw Gary Wilson play live at 529. Are you serious? (laughs) That's cool. Like just a few years ago. That's really cool. Yeah, I like this track too. It reminded me of, I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, 90s band, Self. Have you heard of Self? Self, I have not. He made an album that was basically created from all sounds from toys. Oh, yeah. And it's called Gizmodry. And this Mayfly song reminded me of that a bit. And then I felt like there were some really Seinfeld bass slapping <laughs> sounds in there, too. Right. Gizmodry. I'm sorry. I'm like stuck on that. That's such an awesome title. Yeah. It's a really good album. For those of you in the store unfamiliar with Gary Wilson, he is a legendary, very quirky, experimental musician slash performance artist who is probably best known for his 1977 cult classic proto-new wave album, You Think You Really Know Me. 6.4 equals big out. Which is a one-of-a-kind listening experience even to this day. <laughs> but I love it so much. Yeah, so, you know, again, there's like ups and downs for me on this album. They, they move around to a lot of places, so it's, I don't necessarily love every single track, but enough of them to say this is definitely something I want to add to my collection and revisit. And I think I think there's been like a steady improvement in each of the albums, so I'm, I'm excited to see what else they come up with. I mean, they're cranking out albums in rec- like once a year, so they're on fire right now. So I think I think they are a group to look out for. Yeah, I just have one more track that I wanted to mention uh, because obviously like I I don't think I would listen to this album regularly or anything like that, but I definitely found them very interesting and intriguing for sure. And like I said, it was really astounded by the way that they blended so many different elements of different genres. It was cool. But track 10, Loser. You're just too cool for me. Don't you know that I'm a loser, baby? So why don't you just fucking kill me? Had like an early aughts indie vibe to me, which kind of reminded me of like uh, Such Great Heights by the Postal Service. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that song? Mm -hmm. And then uh, something, something in this song reminded me of Darude's Sandstorm. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it also had a lyrical nod to Beck's Loser, which maybe it was named after. But so, yeah, like I said, so many, they're so good at blending so many elements. I'm like, because I feel like if I tried to blend so many elements like that together, it would just come out. I mean, not crazy in a fun way, which is what they they are to me, but like crazy in a like, this is garbage. Burn it. <laughs> throw it in the trash way. I'm going to have to listen to that again if you're hearing Sandstorm. That song has been pummeled into my gray matter so hard. And I think everyone's, anyone who was like, you know, alive and partying during that time was just like beaten into the earth with that song. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really shocked that I I would have missed anything that sounded remotely like it. I'll have to revisit that. (laughs) 
Uh, like I said, I don't know what it is. Something, something in there. I'm getting hints of it. That's funny. Anyway. One quote from Flood Magazine I thought was really a great call out. And I was like, if I were them, I'd be really flattered by this. I thought this was a, an amazing thing for a magazine to say about a group of artists or artists, a band. It says, while Spiral doesn't sound much like what most people think of as a quintessentially New York album, it reflects a specific feeling that's been permeating this traumatized city lately, where trans and queer spaces are bursting with the promise of limitless freedom and radical utopian possibilities, and everywhere else feels like something's about to snap. I don't know, I just, the oh, way that's, that... that's perfect. Yeah, the way that they are kind of saying, you know, this band... Frost Children is blowing up in the scene. It may not sound like what you might think is New York, but they are in this space, quintessentially New York. And yeah, and they're a product of the time. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, they're everywhere. Every every article I read about them, they're just just singing their praises, and they have these really flowery, you know, descriptions that are just filled with adoration. They're everywhere, yeah. and they're doing fashion shows and. Yeah. They're like, they're like the it kids these days. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I saw some pretty amazing fashions. This album is just fun. I feel like I've been so moody lately with music, like especially in light of the last couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. or I'll listen to things with an agenda, whether it's like to relax if I'm stressed out right. or to like energize me while I'm busy around the house. But right now I just, I needed something fun to tickle my ears just for the hell of it, you know? And I think there's like this reckless abandon in this album that resonates with me these days. You just want to like let go and scream and have fun. How did you stumble upon this album? My partner, Rob, who's like yeah. always a wellspring of, of new music. I, I, <laughs> I heard him listening to it and he was like, I think you'd like this song. And he put on that um, Get What We Want track and I was like, oh, you know me so well. <laughs> I have chosen correctly. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Props to him. That's awesome. Cool. So Tara, to keep to keep the uh to keep the tradition alive, we have to find some kind of like intersection of these two artists. I have an idea. Do you have, okay. do you have an idea? Do you want to hear my idea? I would love to hear your idea. So I think the connection between these these two artists is curiosity. Two very different artists who've clearly done their homework. If they've listened and internalized and absorbed a lot of different music and different styles, and they've experimented and found like a unique balance of all these various musical ingredients. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say too. Like I said about Frost Children, it's really astounding how they've blended so many of these different elements together. And then on top of that, I mean, we look at all the influences that Harumi Hosono have, has provided the musical world, which has inspired someone like Harry Styles in his album, Harry's House. Um, But then he was, Harumi was also inspired by so many other musical, musical genres like country music, American rock and roll, psychedelic music. So yeah, definitely see the commonality as being this blend of influences and genres, musical genre. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe this might be a stretch, but also the home as kind of being oh. like another another collaborator, right? Yeah, 
There was nothing else they could do. Wow, that's a good one. And then you have this house <laughs> and then Harry's house. Yeah, everybody's Everybody's home. at home. I really like that. <laughs> it's great. We've done it again. We did it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, this was a fun installment of Album of the Month Club. If anyone in the store is listening who has recommendations on albums that you would like for us to listen to and talk about, please let us know in our Discord channel or by sending us a message on Instagram at Record Store Society. Yeah, let us know. I've got some more uh, road trips coming up. I need a new <laughs> yeah, me too. list of things to listen to. Heck yes. All right. Well, I guess we'll close up the store. Go home to our houses. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling inspired? Maybe we'll go home and make some new music of our own. I actually am kind of feeling inspired. I yeah. might go pick up the guitar and tinker right around a bit. <laughs> Are you feeling inspired? You said me too, right? I said me too. I will go yeah. home and uh, plinkity plonkity on my harp and see if I can entertain myself for a while. There you go. Nice. Thanks, Frost Children. <laughs> And Harry, a.k.a. Harumi. Indeed. All right. Well, let's lock up and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.